Hey guys, you're listening to Leaving a Legacy. You don't have to scoop to anyone. Right. Even it, your mom, you know, when she's in a top eight, then you're going to hop around, man. So we're going... We moved into the balls deep portion of the <laughs> There's some things you just can't buy in Vermont. It's like like Mex- Mexican food, you can't buy Mexican food. <laughs> All right, welcome to the the long-awaited, hostile but fruitful takeover of New England's leading legacy podcast. This is your favorite bear in all the land, Balduvian Bears, finally claiming the legacy podcast he's so sought after after all this time, so desired. <laughs> the main host of Leaving a Legacy, Balduvian Bears, Celso, and here is my sub-hosts. <laughs> My underlings, if you will. We got uh, Pat Uglo. I'll take a sub-host. I'll take sub-host. That's fine. And then we got our uh, our dungeon host, um, Jerry. Should I call you by Jerry? Uh, <laughs> I object. The, the, the king in the north will not stand for this. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and uh, our our other, our, our court jester host on the, on the podcast, we got Adrian. How's it going, Adrian? Yeah, that is, that's a good point, Adrian. That's a really good point. <laughs> yeah, I never thought about it that way. Such so so insightful he is. He is. He is. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm missing my favorite legacy grandpa in New England. <laughs> <laughs> legacy grandpa. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you never if you ever have those have have that guy that old guy that would tell you like war stories from the Korea and like. <laughs> The first and second world wars and just crazy stuff like I was flying over Germany and I jumped out and my parachute went off but then I got caught in a tree and then like I ran into ten trees on my way down and I broke like thirty ribs and then and then the Nazis were going after me like never had ever had ever had those like war story well, guy yeah our, our, our grandpa more goes off on like tangents about cell phone plans <laughs> and how hilly Fitchburg is yeah our grandpa was more of the Alzheimer's variety <laughs> <laughs> but that did remind me Celzo, uh when I first started playing I was in like sixth grade and like my mom would drop me off at the local card shop and there was this one guy Tony who was like 55 years old and he would just be there like playing with all like the other sixth graders and my mom just looking at me and going don't get in his car <laughs> and then driving off <laughs> that is good advice that's yeah. all advice oh, well, boy. And, and i think the listeners will have a lot to look forward to next week as uh now being the the host um clearing out house and next year it's going to be or next sorry next week it's going to be me and uh ian motherfucker mccown <laughs> Uh, that's that's going to be the podcast next week, so get ready, Ian. Ian he, he does love podcasting. I don't know if you heard the latest episode from the road, but uh, <laughs> uh, he was, I think, he was I think he would have jumped me. out of the car if we weren't going so fast. I know, right? <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, so uh, Jerry and myself are fresh off uh, GP Columbus right now. Yeah. This is recorded on Tuesday, so... We got back in late, or I should say very early Monday morning. I think I got home around 3. I'm uh, assuming yeah. uh, 
Jerry was uh, shortly after that. Yeah, I pulled in my driveway at like 4.30 in the morning. Yeah. So my, so. my sleep schedule's fucked. Yeah. How long's yeah. the drive? Uh, usually only 12 hours. Ours took like 15 and a half because oh. we only had one driver. So, I mean, it, all about, like we wanted Sean to stop because you don't want to die. Like I, yeah. I want to, I want to live, <laughs> but, but the end result, the end result so, was we had to take a lot of stops and you yeah. know, refresh ourselves. So Jerry is scooping living into top eight. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Thank you. Living. Um, so the GP was great. I know we kind of had a little recap on that in the last episode. Um, but I did kind of want to go over the top eight cause that hadn't fully fleshed itself out when we were recording in the car. Um, and GP Columbus was taken down by 16-year-old Clay Spicklemeyer, which sounds like a fake pseudonym. <laughs> I guess, I guess a real pseudonym. I guess a fake pseudonym is a is an oxymoron. But I mean, this kid wrecked face with a with an infect deck at the uh, at the GP. Um, I I feel like Spicklemeyer is like one of those names that like the principal shouts at the top of his lungs. Oh yeah. And, oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Spicklemeyer. Oh yeah. No 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 doubt about it. No doubt about it. Um, he took down Jola set in the finals. So you know, obviously, if you're going to win a GP of a legacy event, you're going to be going through some difficult competition. But uh, Jola set is up there with some of the best uh, legacy players around. Um, I think it's pretty uh, impressive. Certainly impressive. Uh, 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 I mean, I would say the, best miracle player around. Sure. Well, I mean, yeah, but if you're the best miracle player and miracles are the best deck, then you're probably one of the most powerful sorcerers in all of Legacy. <laughs> no, I, I disagree. I think the best Legacy players are the players that can pick up any deck and do reasonably well with it. I mean, like I would consider Josh Sissio one of the best Legacy players around because no matter what deck he plays, he has a reasonable shot of winning with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a guy with stories. I that, think I yeah. saw him top eight a legacy event with a standard deck. Yeah, <laughs> is that good? He can he can top eight with a ham sandwich. <laughs> he registered yeah, he a pool of fifty nine islands and one counter spell. And took down <laughs> took down an eight man. Bluffed his way to the top. <laughs> he took a draft deck, added twenty random basic lands, and top eight. <laughs> he once wrestled Paul Bunyan while casting Channel Fireball. <laughs> So the uh, Infect deck doesn't look anything special. I don't see anything um, unusual in it. I don't know if you guys got a chance to take a look at it. I mean, it's unusual that it won. You think so? Did you see how he took the tournament down, though? Did you see, like, the end of end of the tournament? No, no we're on the road. I haven't seen any it. footage. Well, they didn't have video coverage, but they didn't text. So. Uh, oh, yeah, there was no so, footage. What am I saying? Yeah, <laughs> how did so, you see how he took him down, then? <laughs> well, I, through my eyes reading the article. Uh, your so mind's you, eye. <laughs> So, so Joe's got, if I remember correctly, a Snapcaster Mage out, and Spicklemeyer has a Noble Hierarch out, and he attacks Joe with the Hierarch, you know, calls the Exalted Trigger, and Joe, like, snap blocks with the Snapcaster, and he goes, alright, you know, trade, and Spicklemeyer's like, no, goes, um, invigorate, become immense, berserk, kill you. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Doing it the hard way. Yeah. I, I so I'm I'm I won't say shocked, I'm just surprised that Infect won just because 
Traditionally, uh, Tom Ross is the only person who really does well with Infect. Uh, like, I haven't seen another person top eight with Infect in some time that, you know, did not, was not wearing a leather, leather jacket and acting like a boss. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, Tom Ross was at the GP and it was 95 degrees outside and he was wearing jeans and his leather jacket. You can bet your ass he's wearing his leather jacket. <laughs> It's like Michael Jordan goddamn his, degrees. It's like Michael Jordan showing up with like you know his partially balded head. Like, <laughs> he, no, he's gonna have the shaved head. That's how he plays. Oh man. Um, <laughs> so the the other notable thing, um, I mean, the top eight was uh, you know four miracles decks, aggressive Delver, lands reanimator. Dude, not but, even that. Did you see like the top sixteen? There's like yeah. So, so that's where I was getting at. Thanks, yeah. Jerry. Thanks for that, pal. Yeah, you're real, welcome. Just real to... fucking smooth transition there. Listen, I'm I'm sleep deprived. I worked 12 hours today. I'm I'm gonna be cranky and I'm gonna be loopy, and you're gonna have to guess which one it is. So, you listeners, um, that's why I'm the newly crowned host of this podcast. Just, just put it out there. Keep us all together here. Uh, so the uh, top six, you know, nine through sixteen decks had another four copies of blue white blue white miracle. So out of the top sixteen, half the decks were miracles decks, yeah. um, and twelve out of thirty two, I believe. Was... Yeah. So I mean, notably different is the blue white miracles that Wilson Hunter was running, which was running like the Monastery Mentor Snapcaster package. Yeah. Um, it was more of an aggro miracles deck, which I thought was pretty cool. And we did talk about that on the ride up. Um, these are the guys, Wilson's from the, uh, from the Brainstorm show, and, uh, they have been working on this deck for a while. Really interesting deck. Um, pretty, uh, pretty scary, actually, I think. I think it has some serious chops, um, and making it into top eight with a deck that's kind of like an innovation is pretty neat. You mean top 16? Um, what's that? You mean top 16? Uh, he made it into the top eight. Oh, he was? And I think he was yeah. eighth, yeah. Yep, Wilson Hunter was in top eight. I think he lost in the first round to, Maybe Jarvis U, but I'm not 100 percent yeah, sure. You are right. It looks like it was Jarvis the U. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but it's, it's predictable. No, wow! No, Shots he did not. He did not. Lose, he did not lose to Jarvis U. You're wrong, Pat. Uh, well, I, he still wasn't the top eight, and that's all I really claim. So, you know. Pat anyway, says it's right. I, I'll allow it. <laughs> I, I think he might have um, so, uh, so poison taking it down. Um, did you guys want to talk about the GP in Prague, which is being run on the same weekend? Yeah. Another legacy GP? Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's cool comparing the two metas and realizing that other than a lack, a more lack of uh, miracles, the metas aren't too far apart from each other. Yeah, I mean, it's Storm took it down. Um, Blue Right Miracles in second. Looks like they had Death and Taxes, Grixis Delver, Rug Delver. Um, or, you know, the Threshold deck, Grixis Delver, Shardless Bug, Show and Tell. Uh, looks like in 9th through 16th was another, uh, Infect deck, Death and Taxes, Eldrazi Aggro, Grixis Delver, Painter coming in top 16, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Two more copies of Shardless and another copy of, uh, Miracles. So, two copies of Miracles in the top 16 versus, uh, eight copies of Miracles in the top 16 of the U.S. tournament. Yeah. Uh, I think that is, I wouldn't say definitively proves, but certainly lends a lot of credence to the fact that Miracles is a more popular deck in the U.S. Yeah, I, w- I would agree. Um, but it's not like there's just other decks dominating Europe. I just feel that Europe, instead of having like one dominating deck, is just very well spread out and broken up among everyone. 
And that could just be kind of a factor of how the tournament shakes out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not really a large enough data set to draw, like, super conclusions off of. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, also kind of related, for, uh, 1,480 players at GP Prague. And I think at GP in Columbus, we're just under 2,000, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, 1824. Okay, so both pretty good turnouts. I mean, I think that having two GPs on opposite sides of the world uh, for the same format at the same time is actually a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes them a little bit more manageable for the uh, TOs. And it gives, uh, I mean, it would be great if there was coverage at both because you could have had, you know, for people not attending either GP, like 24-hour round-the-clock coverage of Legacy, which would have been pretty baller. Yeah, that's what I really wish they had done. I think Channel Fireball did that with, like, the European Mm -hmm. Coas the last GP, and, like, that was pretty awesome, just a continuous stream of magic. No matter what time you logged on, you could could watch some games. Yep. Yep. Um, So, and then just for the the current metagame breakdown right now, it looks like um, Eldrazi Aggro is still out in force. Uh, Grixis Delver is still out there as well. Um, Blue Red Delver is on the rise, which I think is kind of um, coming out of the uh, Eldrazi Aggro menace that's presented itself. Mm-hmm. Miracles is still a massive chunk of the metagame. Um, you, then you have your, your bug decks and your storm and show and tell decks are kind of the combo end of it. Yeah. So I think a pretty diverse metagame, with the exception of Miracles kind of being um, a little bit really too large. represented. Yeah, I would say, I mean, it's, it's like literally double uh, any other deck in the format um, in, the, in the last two months as far as showing. So, I mean, you know, that being said, it's it's generally, I think, a pretty diverse format. Um, but, again, Miracle's probably slightly overrepresented. Yeah, it basically just reinforces my idea that if they ban Sensei's Dividing Top, I won't be surprised, and if they don't ban it, I won't be surprised. Right. It's not like... I think if it was like 30%, mm-hmm. 35% of the meta, you'd see something more swift. Yeah. But at like, you know, 15 to 20%, it's not that bad. But I think there. I think what makes it difficult is that there are some decks that just not maybe don't fold to Miracles, but have a very difficult time against Miracles, and it holds them down. In the yeah, I'm surprised we didn't see more Eldrazi uh, towards the top of the charts. Yeah, I, I agree. You came into it a few times. I played against the deck once. Um, it's all over the online meta, but mostly, I think mostly because it's cheap to build online. Yeah, I think, um, I think people were just also really prepared for it. Like, everyone had a plan for Eldrazi. Yeah, yep, absolutely. And, and you have to have it. You have to have it against that deck. I think there's enough abrupt decays to keep a lot of that in, ch- in check, too. Like, the bug decks with having Dismember, having access to Murderer's Cut, having access to Abrupt Decay, like Liliana, like, just a lot of tools to kill off a lot of the guys mm-hmm. and line up pretty well. I mean, like, being able to unlock yourself out of a chalice is nice. You know, things like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so that was the uh, kind of the metagame breakdown. Now, something we did do out in, in uh, GP Columbus, which we didn't talk about too much, on the previous cast that I kind of wanted to get into was the uh, Eternal Masters release, which came out on the 10th, uh, which was Friday when we were out at the GP. And we got a chance to draft it twice. We did a uh, pseudo-sealed event as well, um, which was basically just us opening six packs, showing off our rares, and going to bed. Um, <laughs> we were but, basically, uh, we basically like drafted at midnight and we're like, all right, we're all exhausted. Everyone just vote on who had the best deck, and every <laughs> and everyone voted for themselves. And then yep. we went to bed. That's right. <laughs> Eight way tie for first. And then me and Ian played it out because we were the only ones who wouldn't let our pride rest. 
<laughs> and let me, and I'm gonna guess Ian won that as well. I don't really remember what happened there. <laughs> <laughs> that was tight. That's all right. Dirt, on the cast next week, and we can straighten it all out. Um, uh, so did you get a chance to play that set at all, Celso? Have you gotten a chance to draft it yet? Nah, I got to watch a little bit of it, but, uh, but my magic playing is actually quite, quite limited, but I'm sure we'll get to that at some point during the cast. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, personally, I really enjoyed the set. Um, we got to, like I said, draft it twice, opened it in a seal pool once, which we didn't really get to build too much, but, um, I drafted, uh, green black elves, which was really deep. There was three guys in our pod drafting green black elves and two of them came away with pretty viable decks. And I also drafted blue, uh, blue red flyers, which was passable for, for the limited format. Um, Jerry, what'd you think about the limited formats? What, what'd you draft? Uh, I got forced into my colors. <laughs> okay. Uh, so my sealed and bulk drafts, I made a black white deck. Okay. It was just like given to me in my pack. So I opened up my sealed pool and my sealed pool was ridiculous. It was, uh, Foil Deathrite Shaman, Vindicate, Sensei's Divining Top, uh, Visara the Dreadful, Jareth Leonian Titan, and uh, what's that card? It's like morbid. It's like black, black, destroy target creature. If a creature died this turn, destroy another target creature. Like Haunted Affliction? No, maybe? I think it starts with him. I don't know. It's in Eternal Masters. It's a bulk rare, but it's a double removal spell for black, black. So... I, I was just like, yep, kind of have to just go in those colors. And the deck is actually pretty fun, uh, black-white. You kind of have like a uh, token control strategy going on. Uh, I also opened up twice. There's a sweet combo. It's like a Field of Souls. It's an enchantment for uh, two colorless white-white. Whenever a creature you control dies, put a 1-1 uh, spirit token with flying into play. And I comboed that with, I drafted six elite vanguards, which are like the Savannah Lions. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and I had Wrath of God. So I just played like six six uh, Savannah Lions, got in, then they stabilized so I couldn't attack anymore uh, with all these like two ones. Then I play Field of Souls, and then I Wrath of God, and just wipe the board and get six 1-1 flyers. So... <laughs> That that was pretty fun. <laughs> it's like, well, I hope he doesn't have electricery. I hope he doesn't have electricery. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's no electricery in the set, but you know what is in the set? Intangible virtue. Now all those guys are oh. two flyers. <laughs> or nausea. <laughs> yeah. So it's a it's like a sweet like like aggro beat black white. It's like dead guy ale. You, I basically drafted dead guy ale. Oh man, the, uh, that's sweet. Deck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I- I uh, think I remember like very lightly playing the modern version of it, where it's like, all right, let's violin uh, the uh, the zombie <laughs> the zombie artifact on your draw spell. <laughs> Wherever that guy, Tidehall's color. It's like, oh, snap! Here's Tidehall's color. Take your thing. Oh yeah, I love Tidehall's color. That guy does not see enough play. Uh, Dark confidant. I saw it like with mom and mother runes. Oh. I feel if Tidehall's color was like blue black instead of white black, he would probably be a pretty serious legacy staple. Yeah, it, I agree. It's just like people like Baleful Strix instead because it can be pitched to force a will. There was also another sweet game or sweet match I was remembering too from Prague, the finals. So it was, it was Miracles and Storm, mm-hmm. and you know that that matchup gets just like very grindy because like you're just trying to figure out as the Storm player 
how do I just grind my opponent's hand out of counter magic and like go off and like give plenty of time because it's not like you know they're putting a three-two flyer on you from like turn one. You know, mm-hmm. you're like you have enough time until either they're pressuring you with enough staffcaster mages or like and then treat the angels on like turn nine or ten. So he's kind of just like grinding, grinding, grinding. Gets to a point where like he wants to see what he's up against at late, late, late in the game. So he probes. And his Miracles opponent shows double Force of Will, double Fluster Storm, a Surgical Extraction, and a Snapcaster Mage. <laughs> so, oh, I heard so, about this. That, like, this was blowing up Twitter when we were stopping at Taco Bell, the land of the Golden Nachos. Yeah, so, like, he's trying to figure out some plan. So he starts, like, going through the motions, start comboing off, like, <laughs> he casts a, um, a Cabal Therapy, and there goes, like, Force of Will, pitching Force of Will. Then, like, he plays some other counter magic to draw Flusterstorm, or some, some other spells to draw Flusterstorm, and he ends up just, like, passing the turn after, like, a storm count of nine or so. So he waits, gets attacked down to, like, four from Snapcaster Mage, passes back. So now, like, we just have, like, one Flusher Storm, a Snapcaster Mage, and a Surgical Extraction. So, um, not only that, the Miracle's opponent has top, so he figures he can, like, float the Flusher Storm on top, so when he needs it, like, last minute, he could just flip the top and then Flusher Storm. So, so, with, like, one or two cards left, the Storm player starts making some motions, you know, cast a couple of spells, change some stuff off, and, like, gets to a point of the game where he abrupt decays the top, so he forces his opponent right then and there to go get the Flusher Storm. Mm-hmm. So he flips the top to get the Flusher Storm, plays a discard spell to get rid of the Flusher Storm, and then goes, like, LED, LED. Um, he had the Brainstorm, so he brainstormed Tendrils back to the top of his library, casts another cantrip, dumps his LED mana, and then casts Tendrils and kills him. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> that is it was what you amazing. call it. Yeah, that is an experienced storm player right there. That it was, was amazing. Uh, Rodrigo Rodrigo Tor- Tagores. Yeah, yeah. His big like contribution to the archetype was putting um, two extra copies of tendrils in the sideboard to go like the old original like grindy plan of just like I'm not going to add nauseum for all this stuff. I'm just going to just play natural spells and natural tendrils you to death. I was just like, tendrils you for six. Ten- tendrils you for eight. Yeah, yeah. It'll be like, all right, you know, play four spells, tendrils, tendrils, kill you. Like, that kind of a plan. Mm-hmm. You know? Just, like, just bait it as if, like, he's going to go for a payoff spell, like an Infernal Tutor or an Agnosium, waiting for, like, a counter spell off of that. But meanwhile, it's just like, surprise, storm spell. Yeah. It was it was beautiful. If I recommend any, well, not like we had a ton of coverage anyways, but, like, uh, video coverage that is. So, if, but if you want to watch something sweet, like the last match of of Prague was was worth it. Yeah, especially the that. third game. But the first game was really sweet too. It was just like a masterclass. If you want to be a proficient ant player, like you got to watch this. Hell yeah! So what, what other uh, fun Columbus stuff was going on? I heard uh, somebody potentially had some damaged goods, probably perpetuated <laughs> by Mister Pat Udler. <laughs> Ah, uh, so, yes. Yeah. So on our way home from the GP, uh, we stopped at a rest stop. What time was it? It was like 2, 3 in the morning at that point. Eh, it was probably like, yeah, like, it was late. Oh. It was late. 
Can I tell the preamble to this oh, to this story though? <laughs> Please do. I, I was going to ask: Was this after Pat went undefeated in matches under a camera of some sort, whereas <laughs> under, under the invisible camera <laughs> doesn't doesn't count unless it moves? This, this is 2016. <laughs> you know the saying like Pixar, it didn't happen. Now it's like if it's not like HD resolution video, it didn't happen. <laughs> Yeah, anybody could have just climbed over the barricade and sat there. On the, that's what yeah, I could have photoshopped that. That's not that hard. <laughs> but, All uh, right, let's hear, let's hear the salty story. <laughs> so in the story Pat's about to tell, uh, I'm not really involved because we, we stopped at a rest stop. Uh, and uh, I go inside to use the bathroom. And I open the bathroom door and just walk <laughs> face first into a state trooper who was coming out. So I'm like, oh, so, and it's, keep in mind, it's like three in the morning and I'm coming back from a magic convention. So I look disheveled as fuck. Like I do, I, like I haven't shaved in five days. Uh, like I'm like, I'm, I'm wearing t- a t-shirt that I've been wearing for like the last 24 hours in, in the car or just, but like, I, I look like I am up to no good. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. And I just like push past him and I walk into the restroom and there's just five more state troopers in the bathroom. <laughs> And it's like it's. I feel like I'm in that scene out of uh, Train Spotting, where like the guy uh, walks in the bathroom, and then like all the cops with all the dr- drug sniffing dogs just come in and just like are hanging out in there with him. <laughs> <laughs> so while I was undergoing that, Pat Pat was uh was outside the rest stop. So yeah, so you know, un- unlike Jerry, I don't have a bladder of a child, so <laughs> we're up by the car, and uh, it, Sean, Sean's getting pretty tired, so I had I packed a bunch of energy drinks. For the ride out that we never really cracked cracked into, so I pulled out a couple for him. I pulled out a couple for me, and uh, you know because Jerry is a selfish bastard, he threw all of his stuff on top of everyone else's stuff in the trunk, and uh, so we had to dig to get to the stuff. So I'm not sure if it got pulled out of the trunk or if it fell out of the trunk, but somehow Jerry's bag ended up on the ground. I'm assuming behind the car, somewhere behind the car, yeah. driver's side, passenger side, somewhere behind the car. So. It's like, it's, it's late. It's like one or two in the morning. We're on like a rest stop on like the pike. And, uh, we start backing up and we kind of hear like a scraping and then like a, like we run over something. And we're like, <laughs> there's like a speed, a speed hump sized bump. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like, it wasn't like a, like a child, but like, you know, like, <laughs> it wasn't like we like hit a prostitute like, something, or anything. You know. <laughs> so it was more than like a can or, or whatever. So but we look, we look as we're, you know, as we're backing up, we try to look in front of us like, oh, there's nothing in front of us. So, Clearly, we didn't run something over, so we start pulling away. We get maybe 20 feet from the spot, and Jerry goes, wait, wait, that's my bag. And, like, my stomach, like, sank. I'm like, oh, I didn't, God. I didn't even oh, see God, it. Oh, God, no. I didn't even see it. It was more like I felt it. I'm just like, something's wrong. <laughs> so we back, so Sean backs up about as slow as you can. I don't know why he wasn't in a bigger rush. He was really, because yeah, was... we couldn't tell what it was, because it's dark, and there was, yeah. like, an 18-wheeler oncoming. Uh, like with its head- headlights, so it looked like kind of like a trash bag lying in the middle of the road. Yeah. So we didn't know and if I'll- it was like worth it to like go over and pick it up to see if it was ours or if it was just like garbage that got caught under us. I mean, it was it was a bunch of garbage because it was the deck that Jerry played for the weekend, but <laughs> it, it was it was it was Jerry's backpack with like his camel bag with like his fucking foiled out black bordered like four black border duels uh, I literally deck. <laughs> literally just dropped twelve hundred dollars on the black border duel lands to finish oh. it off at the GP. So so we ran over his backpack and like so Jerry brings it in the car and we're all like, 
Oh god. Oh, like this is gonna be either the worst, like last hour and a half of a ride, or like a fantastic, like miracle last hour and a half of the ride. So Jerry, what did you find in your bag after we, uh, after after Sean's? I mean, thankfully it was a small car, ran it over. Yeah. So I just want to say, uh, you know, I've never known such fear. Like I think I now know what it's like when you're a new parent and you take your kid to the supermarket and then you look around and your kid's nowhere to be seen. Like, and that just panic starts to set in. Like I now know what that feels like. <laughs> just utter and complete true fear. <laughs> uh, but luckily, I mean, the bag was a bit shredded up. So it like scraped a bunch of the fabric off and uh like like scuffed up the bag and my playmat tube was like completely crushed. Uh just like shredded the playmat tube, crushed it down. Uh but luckily my deck was somehow miraculously completely safe in like my in the wormwood deck box that I that I won. Yeah, so we dodged a bullet there. Oh my and god, you had good artwork in there too, right? Yeah, yeah. Luckily, the artwork was in my trade binder, uh, and the trade binder didn't really get the brunt of it somehow. It was, like, pushed off to the side. So, I mean, for for all the different ways that running over a backpack can go, we kind of lucked out with that. It was kind of, like, perfect scenario, too, because the morning that we had to pack up for the uh, to leave the hotel, or the, the, the house we rented... Uh, we all of a sudden, like, I was woken up out of a dead sleep by Sean, who had to rush over to, uh, the GP so he could take his level two judge test. Also, congrats to Sean for passing in, uh, <laughs> new level two judge. Yep. Uh, but he was like, oh my, uh, like, I have to go over the, to the, uh, I have to go take my judge test in ten minutes, and there's no parking at the house anymore, so I need to take the car now, so we need to pack it now. <laughs> So I was like scrambling, putting everything together, and I ended up just shoving some dirty clothes into my uh, into my backpack. So my deck kind of was like wrapped up in some Hanes cotton shirts for extra protection. Yeah, uh, but I mean, uh, that, that's like that's kismet right there, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I was actually talking to, uh, to, uh, to Josh about this earlier, and he's like, you know, if you think about it, it's actually lucky that you ran over the backpack because otherwise, if it was just like off to the side and you drove past it. You wouldn't realize that you left it until you got home. Oh yeah, no, that would have been <laughs> awful. We actually, yeah, running over the backpack was a good thing. Yeah. So when you look at it that way, I guess it, I guess I lucked out by running yeah. over my bag. It was uh, it felt bad. I mean, it was bad feels for everybody, but at the same time, it felt pretty great that at least we uh, didn't lose your deck. That would have been awful. Yeah. That's enough to be like, I think I'm done with this with this game for a while. Oh my god, yeah. The fact that I had like literally just finished the deck. <laughs> uh, but that was rough. It, all's well that ends well. So those, those uh, daggers, though, those daggers were impressive. I think Pat might be <laughs> the third host when we when we relaunch this starting next week, featuring John Valdivia Barcelso and sub featuring Ian Motherfucker McCown. <laughs> uh, oh, legacy uh, uh, LCQ champion Ian Motherfucker McCown. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Let's get into that story. I want to hear about that one. Would you care to elaborate on, on what happened during that story? Which story? The one of uh, Ian crushing you in the finals of the uh, LCQ. Uh, I don't. I don't remember. <laughs> you blacked out. Yeah, I blacked out. No. Now Ian played really well. Um, it went to three. Game one. Uh, I blew him out when he got greedy. He had a hand. I think it was like. I want to say it was Jace 
uh, Force of Will days. And I went to Show and Tell, and he wanted to keep his Jace or other really good. Maybe it was True Name. It doesn't really matter. He he wanted that car bad, and so he pitched days to Force of Will, and I fluster stormed him back where and nice. was able to uh, Show and Tell in Grizzlebrand for the win. So if he had just kept the days, he would have been able to uh, to disrupt me. Um, so I won game one. Uh, game two, I mulled to five and got stuck on land, so he just ran me over. And then game three was just a really tight match that we played for a uh, you know a long time, and he he uh, just got me at the end. I was I was able to resolve a sneak attack off a uh, off a lotus petal, um, but I uh, only had one other red source. And Ian had a Caracas out. So I needed to dig for a red source so I could activate Sneak Attack twice. Once after he had bounced my uh, Grizzlebrand. And that way I could attack in for the win. But I couldn't find another red source for the life of me. So I kept digging and digging and digging. And I found a Blood Moon, which would turn my Ancient Tombs into mountains, which would and also turn off his Caracas at the same time, so I could swing in for the win. Uh, so I play Blood Moon, and in response to Blood Moon, Ian floats uh, three mana, and I'm like, oh, okay, he's gonna play, try and play like Abrupt Decay or something to, you know, float mana to play Abrupt Decay to kill it in response. But nope, instead he flashes in Vendillion Click and strips my hand of the Emrakul I was going to sneak into play and win the game with. <laughs> and yep, just completely blew me out. And like I shut him off of all of his mana because of uh, Blood Moon, but he had a Vendillion Click in play and a Noble Hierarch. So yep. he just had a, a quick clock and just shut, you know, I couldn't find another creature in the next three draws and he just took me out. Yeah, that was a very those were very tight, entertaining games to watch. Yeah, he played he played very well. I, I don't think either one of us really made a, a significant mistake uh, that lost the game. It was just you know the way the way we played it out, and he you know he definitely outplayed me there. Yeah, for sure. So I think what I heard was had it not been for Ian's charity during game one. <laughs> Yeah, you would have been blown out in two, two games. Yeah, sure, sure. Well, the thing is that that the night before, the night before, me and him were playtesting, and I I took down uh, eight out of ten games against him. Really? So he was real nervous going into that match because he knew that like on paper my deck has a favorable matchup, but it just didn't play out that way. And uh, the two games where uh, he did win in playtesting, Vendillion Click uh, won the game for him. So oh. it's it's really matchup dependent if he can draw that uh, you know one one card in the deck that uh, is real good. Interesting. Um, so getting out of Columbus, we were, I mean, do you guys want to talk about goals of the GP? All right, we could probably do that at a different time, right, Cherry? Top eight or bust. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think so. All right, let's we'll do this real quick then. Since Jerry is uh, he's so specific as to what he's going there to do, which I can appreciate. I don't think it's wrong for sure. But I think one of the important things about you know before you go to a GP, this is my first Grand Prix uh, that I was playing in the main event, and really the first one I attended for any length of time. So I definitely learned a lot while going there. You know, I felt I was very well prepared as far as having my deck, knowing my deck fairly well, even though I hadn't gotten to play it in a few months. Um, because I did a last-minute switch over to blue-red 
making sure that I had water with me and snacks to eat and stuff. And I was kind of like the uh, living the legacy house dad for the weekend. Uh, made sure everyone was fed and in bed on time and up up <laughs> ready to go for the event. So I think that having a having goals set in mind when you go out to a GP, real like actual um, achievable goals is very important. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Top eight or bust. Yeah, so that's fine. That's fine. I mean, those are for you, for you. That's probably an achievable goal. I mean, you didn't achieve you didn't achieve it, and that and that's fine. Like, but you, but you. I'm actually not trying to throw any daggers towards you, but coming off it's really real dickish, so that's fine. I, I, um, no, I know what you're saying. No, but what I'm saying is, is like there are eighteen thousand, eighteen hundred and change people who are playing that event, and only uh, Mr. Spicklemeyer is probably satisfied with his with the outcome, right? I think that anyone who is a competitive person, and if you're playing in the GP, you probably should be at least somewhat competitive, wants to do better than they end up anyway. Like if I made day two. I probably would have liked to come in, you know, either in a, in a higher bracket or whatever the case is, had a better day two. Um, that being said, I didn't make day two. I came, I, I was short of day two by a, a few match points. Uh, that was my goal. My goal was to make day two. And even though I didn't, I still played the day out. And that was my other goal was like, no matter what happened, I told Jerry, no matter what happens, like, I'm going to play the whole day. I'm going to play all nine rounds because, you know, I came here to play Legacy. I want to play Legacy and I want to learn as much as I can in, in the Saturday that I'm here. Um, and even though I didn't make day two, which I, again, I think was a very achievable goal, um, I did accomplish one of my goals, which is just to play the whole day, really have fun and be a good ambassador, both for like the game itself, because there were some new people playing at the GP, not necessarily that I played against, but just in, in the room and be a good ambassador for the podcast because, you know, we were rocking the leaving legacy shirts. We had the stickers. Uh, we had <laughs> a few, uh, a few guys from the house, uh, who are on the podcast, like Joe, who was going around and like pimping it more than we were? Oh my God, Joe is great. <laughs> he's a he's a man. He, I just love uh, like because he's he's from Tennessee and he has this like Southern drawl that's just like like rich with Southern hospitality. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just <laughs> and like we a, just like here echoing across the event menu. Y'all like podcasts? <laughs> he's a he's a he's a just a just a freaking awesome just an awesome guy. Yeah, like I'm, I'm sorry, Joe, for the terrible impersonation. That <laughs> was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. Um, but anyway, um, you know, again, coming down to like what you want to achieve at a GP, I think is very important to set out there ahead of time. Um, and I think having like achievable goals is important and sticking to those goals is also important, but also like if and when you scrub out, you need to be able to pivot into having fun at the GP and making it, uh, productive for yourself. And I know Jerry had plenty of time to like go and like shop artists and, uh, make deals with some of the vendors and whatnot. I actually, because I had Sunday off, I was able to get pick up two scalding tarns, which I've been needing for basically since I started playing Legacy. I've been playing like blue and red based decks and have never owned a single scalding tarn. I was able to pick up two at just like crazy low prices, um, thanks to the sharp eyes of Ian Motherfucker McCown. <laughs> uh, yes. Also, uh, in all seriousness, um, the reason why I kind of just, as soon as I pick up my second loss, and I'm like, all right, I'm not playing for top eight anymore, the balance of just attention is like, I could sit here and grind out these matches for the next nine hours uh, on razor-thin margins and maybe have some decent uh, opponents and maybe just have some dickbag opponents. Mm-hmm. Or I could just hang out with all these awesome people around here that I only get to see at these events. Yep, and that's kind of just all it really takes to uh, tip tip the scales in that direction. 
Oh man, totally. Like, I mean, you know, we were talking to uh, Frankie online today on on Twitter, and he was asking who's coming up to the GP in Montreal. And I'm trying to convince my wife. She she gave me kind of like a soft, maybe not, but I'm gonna try to convince her over the next few weeks to like, hey, it's like it's a four, a short five hour trip. I'm not. I have no interest in playing uh, in Estrad Seal. No interest at all. But I'll fucking go up to that GP and hang out for the weekend and play some side events. You know, at least yeah. for a day. Like go up, you know, leave like leave early on Saturday morning and get up there, play all day Saturday, and like head out Sunday Sunday early afternoon. You know, right. Um, that sounds like a good time. Five hours. I mean, after doing a 13-hour road trip, five hours is a piece of cake. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I would definitely say so. Uh, but yeah, just GPs are just so much fun. Yeah, for sure. And um, while we're on the while we're on GPs, before we get into the uh, uh, the special uh, reporting uh, field reporting that we have Celso on for today, <laughs> well. well the reason why we're we're being uh, taken over. With, uh, yeah, uh, I thought this was just a coup. I didn't know we invited him. With the hostile takeover. <laughs> the, the <laughs> it's a bear uprising. Um, see, <laughs> we I did I did have a few thank yous I, I wanted to <clears throat> shout out there because um, we talked about it in the car, but I I think that uh, doing it like I mean after that GP I was gassed. I was exhausted on Monday. I actually like I had someone else cover my shift for me at work. I went in for a meeting. Like, like, was there for like two hours, like, alright, I'm out of here. Went home and like just slept. But, um, just, uh, wanted to big, have a big shout out to the guys who basically were like our crew for the weekend. Hung out with us almost the whole time. Stayed at the house. Uh, Joe was amazing. Um, it was great to meet Ian. And he did a couple drafts with us. Uh, Dan was also awesome. Um, Death and Taxes Dan. Uh, did you have anyone else you wanted to shout out, Jerry? I know we're kind of, uh, in the middle of the episode, but I wanted to just have a few thank yous. Yeah, I mean, I'd say definitely first and foremost, just all the guys who hung out at the house with us, uh, came back and drafted, you know, stayed at our house until like the wee hours of the morning and then <laughs> took in a taxi back to their hotel room to play in the GP the next day. Yep. Uh, so, you know, like Ian, uh, who is this awesome guy, he actually brought us this bottle of the most disgusting liquor that anyone has ever tasted. <laughs> you gotta save some for me. I didn't even get a chance to have some, but I Oh, know. don't worry. There'll be plenty anytime you want it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like uh it's, it's a Jepson's it's Mal- wormwood Jep- flavored liqueur. Yeah, it's Jepson's Malort <laughs> is the name of the alcohol. And it's like 30 it's like a 35% alcohol by volume and it tastes like the it tastes like you're chewing on tree bark. I mean, it? Jepson's Malort sounds like a kind of foot fungus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, what happened, what happened to Celso? Uh, you got the Jepson's Malort. <laughs> <laughs> see Ian you get no respect I don't understand why why they be hating on you especially I mean they could be hating because no he, he the said next the reason co- the reason why he brought it is to see the look on people's faces when they tried it <laughs> he 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 purposely brought it because of its its reputation <laughs> So in other words, he's Ian motherfucking McCown. No, this is a different Ian. This is Wisconsin Ian. Ian. Not to be confused with Ian McCown of Boston. Well, I mean, who can forget Ian McCown of Boston? Yeah, of course. Uh, Also, he's the only Ian in my heart. Okay, like, uh, oh, you know what? Also, uh, Marco for like hooking us up with some EMA. Yeah, big thanks to him. He came out from San Diego and uh, hit me up on Twitter and said, hey, you're still looking for some boxes. 
and he had a hookup at his at his local store, and then went to another store for us to get another box at MSRP, which you could not do at the GP. Everyone was selling for like three hundred bucks. He flew a box of EMA to us across the country. Two boxes. <laughs> Two, boxes. Two boxes. So and like went out of his way to get him. So like huge shout out to Marco. It was so awesome. For him to do that. We got to hang out with him for a lot of the weekend. He, uh, actually made it into day two, uh, at six and, th- at, at seven and two, I believe, and then went like five and one on day two. So he had a very successful showing the GP. He also played some vintage on Friday and went three and one, I believe. But anyway, uh, just awesome to meet him. He was a really, really cool guy. Um, we got to have dinner with, uh, Aaron Campbell and, uh, Ruben Bressler. They were at the event and, uh, I think Jerry, you kind of like just struck up a conversation with Ruben. You guys were playing, uh, yeah, was, password or whatever. Yeah, it's funny. I was like, day two, I had just been walking around the convention center the entire day. Uh, like, my feet were sore, and I was like, oh, all I want to do is just sit down and rest for a minute. So I sit down, and I look over, or I'm just sitting there, and all of a sudden I hear, you want to play passcodes? And I, like, look over, I'm like, oh, you're Ruben Bresler. <laughs> just had, like, uh, like, a magic celebrity moment. So I just like came over and I noticed he's he's already wearing a leaving a legacy uh, uh, sticker. Yeah. That we had. <laughs> I gave him one earlier in the day. He's just like, oh cool, T- takes it back off, sticks it right in the center of his chest. I'm like, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was he was awesome. So as as he put it, he was NASCAR. He was a NASCAR driver at the event because he had like everyone every podcast sticker on his chest. <laughs> Wait, are you talking about code words? Yes, code words. <laughs> See, see, listeners, that's why we're kicking these people off. And I'm doing it the right way next week. Jeez. <laughs> so uh, it was good to have dinner with them. We went to the Brazilian Steakhouse, and uh, I can just imagine I can imagine Adrian's uh, ears tingling when we were out there. Oh, man, that place was awesome. It was a good time. It was a fun a fun dinner. Um, can, I, can I play the Adrian role real quick? Please, go ahead. Well, yeah, sure. You guys go out for Brazilian Steakhouse in Columbus, but you won't go to Brazilian Steakhouse right here in Worcester in your own backyard. <laughs> you just uh, sounded like a man from Brooklyn with a heavy lisp. <laughs> and scene. <laughs> oh, man. And Aaron Campbell was there, too. Uh, so, yeah, that was an awesome dinner with those guys. Really glad. Uh, we, we got to meet them and hang out with them and just kind of talk about magic. Yeah. Magic um, and just like, uh, being a person that, like, you know, obviously they're on a different level than us, but, um, well, just yeah. being a personality out there and. Well, Ruben Bresler is like one of the first magic, pro- like, content producers that I ever really got to know. When I first came back to the game, uh, he was doing the, uh, basically all the, he was be doing the field reporting for Star City Games. So he would do, like, the deck techs and do interviews with the players on the Star City Games circuit and be kind of like the camera guy. Uh, and now he is actually doing it for uh, Tales of Adventure, which is the company that does the Eternal Extravaganza series. So he does, uh, you know, their streaming, uh, commentating, and, uh, you know, just general content production. Uh, for And he's going to be doing, uh, you know, all the stream for Eternal Extravaganza this weekend coming up. Nice. But yeah, it was just it was cool. It was just kind of meeting, uh, being able to meet, uh, you know, a, a magic personality that I didn't think I would get a chance to meet. Yeah, super nice guy too. Yeah, and super nice. Hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> he was really into code words. 
He was. He was very. It is a very fun game. There's it a is. lot of layers to it. Yeah, Love I it. like I like it. Code words. Uh, and then also Erin Campbell was there too, and she is sassy. Oh my god! Like you think she's one thing on Twitter, but let me tell you, man, um, she fucking pulls zero punches. So uh, Ian, the person uh, we were talking about earlier, he came to the Brazilian Steakhouse with us too. But Ian's naturally, like, a very quiet guy. He doesn't interject himself, which is, like, he's very endearing and humble, which is a quality not many people can claim. Right, Celso? And (laughs) That's that's why he's the second host. (laughs) No, not Ian McCowan. Other Ian. (laughs) Oh. Um, But... (laughs) Yeah, we need real names here. Other Ian is the correct... I don't want his... No, his nickname can't be Other Ian. (laughs) Yeah, he was way he was way too awesome to be other Ian. Yeah, but he's he's very quiet. So he came to us and we're sitting at the bar waiting for our table, and he's just kind of sitting next to us, like quietly looking on. And Aaron Campbell just turns to him and goes, "Excuse me, are you like with someone?" <laughs> and just like, <laughs> like, what are you doing here, creeper? Yeah, and he was like, uh, "I'm with them." They're like, Aaron, Aaron, he's with us. It's cool. That was funny as hell. Oh, oh my god. Man. Um, but just like super fun. Like I, it was very cool to meet people who like I interact with on Twitter and on Facebook and who I've never actually met in person. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was fucking awesome to meet them in, in life and, and you know, in, you know, away from a keyboard and whatnot. Um, right. I was, uh, I was talking to my mom today. She was watching the boys for me when I got out of work and, uh, she's like, you look tired. I'm like, I'm exhausted. She's like, what didn't you like have fun all weekend? I'm like, yeah, I had fun, but like it's exhausting, like meeting people and, and just like, it's just it was a no, it was nonstop, man. It was yeah. this weekend was nonstop. Uh, but also like Dan, he came and drafted with us. Uh, am I forgetting anyone? That was it, right? I feel I like mean, I'm forgetting someone, and I feel terrible. If if we did, it's completely unintentional. We we met a ton of people over the weekend, and we tried our best to keep track of names. And I I started uh, a list. It'll be it'll be set at shoutouts, but it is a lengthy list. <laughs> it was awesome though, and yeah. anyone who came up and said hi, like. Can't you guys can't imagine how much we appreciate um you know you guys first of all listening to the podcast because sometimes I can't believe you actually listen to us um you, you know and also just like going out of your way to say hi and telling us that you appreciate it I mean that makes a lot of this worth it like a lot of this is kind of um you know the work isn't necessarily rewarding in like any financial sense uh it's a lot and Jerry knows it's a lot of time invested it's a lot of effort invested, and uh, to get back people who appreciate it and, and love the cast and and, get, and send love our way is really uh, it's really something. So we really appreciate that, man. It's great. Yeah, one hundred percent. Jerry's very enthusiastic about it. So Jerry's Jerry's tired today, guys. Yeah, I, that was serious. I was trying to be worked a lot. Yep, yep. It's great. Just shower Shut up, love, oh, and I'll, I'll throw you a bone <laughs> once in a while and. I'll give you my table scraps. Maybe if I drop like a guys, I, I worked eleven I, hours today. If I have Come a real on. scuffed up revised scrubland, I'll give it to one of you pores. <laughs> Fuck you. This isn't money. <laughs> this isn't money draft. <laughs> um. So, uh, Mr. Celso, uh, that's me. The 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 leading man in the podcast. Our our founder. Our creator. Uh, our our Lord and Savior. Uh, I heard you, uh, did a little, uh, field reporting for us. Yes. So, so let's, let's go into that real quick. Cause I'm, I'm really interested to see how this went. Yeah. So, so I guess like the kind of the, the, the genesis of this whole idea was, um, currently we'll just say with life stuff, I can't really do much magic these days, but I had an idea, you know, 
I know like the people that really love Legacy, the guys that are, are playing week in, week out, the weeklies, they're working on their decks, they're tuning it, you know, either for GP or SCG or all that. But, you know, it, there's always these new crazy lists popping up and placing in these, these events. And wouldn't it be great if instead of, you know, taking time out away from what you're working on to try this new thing, to see, to get some firsthand experience from somebody that just went ahead and ran with it. That's kind of how this started. So I figured, you know, hell, I don't have much time to play, so I don't care what list I'm playing. As long as I'm playing some Legacy, that's all that matters, right? So we took a look at some lists, did a little polling on the Internet. So if you're wondering where that random Twitter poll is coming from, it was actually for this. (laughs) So the list I took out to test drive this month was Bug Thing in the Ice. Um, it was in top eight of a Bizarre of Moxin Annecy main events back in May. Um, actually had some cool stuff in there all around, but, uh, but the real main feature was this, was this, uh, this bug list. So basically, I'm not gonna go too heavy into the deck list, but I'll point out all the key stuff. So, uh, 18 lands. We got some, uh, dual, pretty much duels and fetch lands all across the board. We got, um, our creature base. We got the Deathrite Shamans. With three Delphal Strix, um, three Snapcaster Mage, because we got four, a full four thing in the ice. And then for the spell suite, it's pretty much the things that you would usually see. Um, what we got? We got the Breath Decays, we got Brainstorms, we got Cobble Therapies, <clears throat> um, Force Wills, Probes, Ponders, etc., etc., etc. And then in the sideboard, Nothing particularly crazy, I think. Uh, we got, yeah, just kill spells, disfigured murderous cut, pithing needle, surgical extraction, thoughtsies, a toxic deluge, and a three vendillion click. Which, mind you, I thought I had the entire list with me ready to go, and right out of the gate I had a 13 card sideboard, because I thought I saw <laughs> one vendillion click, and there's really three. So, um, so I go to a weekly event over in Ice Imports in East Windsor. Great shop. You should check it out. Um, <laughs> and uh, I think it was like a 20, 24-man legacy event that week, so it was pretty good. Uh, the weeklies are on Tuesdays. So round one, I go up against Grixis Delver. And I remember game one being really awkward because he had a turn one Delver that he flipped. And, like, I was looking for one of a pile of removal spells. And, like, I'm digging, digging, digging can't find anything, I'm just getting hit 3-2, 3-2, and his his subsequent turns, I think from turn 3 onward was Delver, 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 but none of them flipped. <laughs> so, like, he had these 1-1s, and then I eventually had, like, a Deathrite Shaman to block his 1-1s, so he couldn't attack with those, but he can only beat me down with this, you know, one Insectile Aberration, and then we get to the turn where he finally flips all three of his other Delvers, and that was that. Uh, so, that was ugly. Then, um, I think the next game, I think I mulliganed a little bit, and things started getting ugly there, so I lost right out of the gate to to Grixis Delver, which wasn't bad. Um, the next round was Mono Red. It was Red Stacks, I believe, because I had, like, Goblin Welder, uh, Smoke Stack, I'm trying to think what other things I saw, uh, Tangle Wire, just like this Red Prison deck. And, um... Basically, game one, it was just this grind fest, and my game plan was, because uh, I was way behind the life totals, just to get like a thing of the ice to stick, and then play a couple spells and just beat them down with the 
I think it's a six seven it flips into. It's a pretty big thing. Yeah. A seven eight. Yeah, yeah. just go to the seven eight. Um, so I I start whaling him away. I'm ready to flip, and he plays barbarian ring and kills me. Uh, so <laughs> that was that. Then the next game became this like again like a weird awkward grind fest where like he has goblin welders, but I have pithing needle to st- to stave off his goblin welding. But he had a Piffing Needle back at me naming Deathrite Shaman. So it was like Merfolk of the Pearl Trident versus Squire <laughs> for that game. And one twos beat one ones. So I just basically outraced him with that. Um, and then the third game, we got to this weird like stop your welder, stop my Deathrite Shaman again. Except this time I drew my one Vendillion click <laughs> and started beating him down with Vendillion click. And that was, that was game. So, uh, so that was pretty awesome. Um, so I beat Red Smokestacks. Uh, round three was Infect. And game one was pretty much as expected. Like, I could stave him off a little bit in the early turns, but I don't think I have enough removal spells to keep up with his his Infect routes between, like, Crop Rotation for Ink Moth or, like, like the one or two Green Suns to get his, his uh, Glistener Elves, things like that. So I couldn't keep up game one. But then game two... You figure, like, two disfigure, two murderous cut. Like, I have a whole bunch of ways to start killing his stuff. Um, so that's why I started doing was just going to town on him. And uh, I win that game, but then we ran out of time game three because, like, I was trying to figure out, like, I was good at killing his things, but I also needed a way to start putting a clock on him. And the only way I was going to be able to do that was, like, through Thing of the Ice. So, like, that's, what, that's like, the commonality we're, we're seeing so far, right, is, like, it, it's good at answering things because you have abrupt decays, cowl therapies, dismembers, you have counter magic and force of will and spell pierce. Um, so you have all that, but like in terms of like an actual clock, you don't have much. Like you either gotta stick a death right shaman and, and like ride that for a little bit, or like go to the thing in the ice plan, which I think there's enough answers in the format between like swords of plowshares, abrupt decay, like a few other items to take care of the thing in the ice that's not Super reliable, so so that that was kind of the struggle with the deck. And in the last round, I went up against Eldrazi Agro, where it was more like um, there's a list floating around that's kind of like a a mix between Mud, Cloudpost, and Eldrazi. So it's got like the Cloudpost mana base, and it has like the Chalices and Trinospheres. I think maybe Lodestone Golem. So like you have that Mud aspect, but then you also have like Thought Knot and and uh, Reality Smasher. Have you seen this kind of list before? No. no, I wonder if the, do you think the the mana base is just a concession for, like, a budget reason? No, oh no, he plays lands usually, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's got Tabernacle in his <laughs> his collection. So, so no. Yeah. <laughs> no, so, uh, so, like, that matchup was kind of interesting because, like, playing two dismember main deck was really good against, like, Reality Smash and his Thought Nuts. So, like, the, the, those removal spells are alright, and then his chalices and three spheres, I can answer with the abrupt decays. Like, obviously the discard's pretty awful, uh, but the counter magic's okay. So, like, and of course playing three Baleful Strix is not terrible either. Um, so, like, it was, it lined up okay in, on paper, but like the draws just weren't there. And it was just a quick you know, 0-2 against Eldrazi. Um, so, so I think like, it was a cool idea playing the thing in the ice. It's just like, all right, you got this 0-4 that could block for a little bit, and and you're getting value off your spells because you're eventually gonna 
you know, wrath your opponent's board basically and stick with the 7-8. But I think like there's just too many ways for this thing to go wrong. So like either you don't draw the thing in the ice early and you're just playing this like control game with snapcasters and death rights and strixes and eventually you get thing in the ice and now you gotta figure out a way to start chaining four spells, in, uh, four instants and sorceries together to flip it and win the game. Or you start with the thing in the ice and like you start working your way towards getting the ice counters off, but then your your opponent figures out a way to start disrupting your thing in the ice. So I think it's just like this, like you know, middle tier control deck, which I think we could do. It's like kind of a slightly worse version of shardless. I feel like you get much better value out of a shardless shell than you would out of out of this. So like, and I think like if I was gonna go more of like a tempo game with this list. I'd probably just go to Bug Delver instead of playing something like this. Because at least, like, with Bug Delver, you could be aggressive pretty early between your Delvers and your Tarmogoyce and stuff. Whereas this one, you need to, like, sit and wait. And, like, the other deck... Like, I was trying to think of, like, what to compare this to. The other list I was thinking about, to like, this could be close to would be the... Uh, remember the Grixis Pyromancer control decks that were yeah. around for a little bit? So, like, at least you had a clock there. Like, like say, like it, they're both two mana, right? So, like, you stick a young Pyromancer, at least every spell you're casting for the next couple turns um, drops the clock on your opponent because you're putting more power onto the board. Whereas the thing in the ice, you're still kind of waiting and waiting and waiting until you flip this thing. And then, like, it it definitely gets fast once you get the 7-8, but um, by then it just might be too late. So, I mean, it was fun. It was definitely worth playing, and, like, a lot of people were interested in it. I feel like like, half the votes on Twitter were for that particular deck. So so it was really cool to... And actually, it was also a great feeling, too, just to be able to, like, take the list, just sleeve it right up and go play. Especially, it would have been nice if I had all 75 cards, but, um, but like, it was just, you know, <coughs> not as time-consuming as my Magic was before. I still get to enjoy Legacy, so looking forward to running a new crazy list next month. I already have one picked out. I'm already super psyched about it. It is super spicy and super fun. So, nice. so look forward to to next month's field reporting. Is it? Uh, oh, I can't wait. Trophy? <laughs> no, it is not the participation trophy. You should sleeve that deck up and then let me play it because <laughs> I'm too lazy to put it together. No, <laughs> even, even though I brewed it. <laughs> you guys have? Uh, is there anything anything in particular, you guys, were interested to know about the list? Otherwise. Uh, I mean, do you think that do you think that thing in the ice has a place in in legacy? That's a good question. It might be. I, I'm trying to see if I could pull up quickly the the blue red list that we had on like on our Facebook chat to see if like that was kind of in the ballpark of what the shell should look like. Um, so let me see if I can. Find that real quick. I like the uh, I like the Punishing Fire version, the rug. Punishing Fire. Ooh, yeah, like that might because at least you have like all you need is your your one spell to just keep recurring. Right. That's the thing is like you want to just be casting Punishing Fires at the face because you just buy them back for value. Um, so I feel that combo just slots in with Thing in the Ice just really nicely, and I feel it's, it's like the most natural way 
uh, to, you know, flip thing in the ice without... Because otherwise you're basically stuck in this trap of, do I just throw spells away? Like, do I brainstorm at inappropriate times and, you know, cast Cabal Therapy in the blind without any real idea of what's in his hand rather than wait on a better opportunity? Just in order to, like, flip thing in the ice. Whereas Punishing Fire, you just always want to be firing it off at your opponent's turn at the end of their turn. It's like, if you have three mana untapped and a Punishing Fire in your graveyard, you're Punishing firing your opponent. Yeah, I think this... Yeah, I think I might have found that list. So it was a, like, 60-person... Looks like a Japanese Legacy Tournament. So you had, like, four Thing in the Ice, two Click, two Snapcaster, and then three Planeswalkers, so two DAC, one Jace... And then your spell suite, you got Brainstorm, Pair Counterspell, Four Force, Two Probe, Four Bolt, Four Ponder, Four Punishing Fire, Two Spell Pierce, Two Spell Snare. So it plays more like a counterburn strategy. And then eventually, like, you just flip Thing in the Ice and put a really fast clock on your opponent. Yeah. So, like, the Punishing Fire controls the board, which is nice. I missed it. Uh, What was the creature suite besides uh, Thing in the Ice? Oh, in the blue red? Yeah. Uh, two Snapcaster, two Click. Okay, yep. I like that as well, because just rebuying value on Snapcaster and Click. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, there were some board states I was looking at where, like, I had Snapcaster and Thing of the Ice out, and I was just waiting for the dirty, dirty play of, like, you know, you flip Thing of the Ice, you hit him for seven, you get your Snapcaster back, and then you're ready to Snapcaster do something else horrendous to your opponent. Um, mm-hmm. And like I so like that was the other cool part too is like I keep forgetting how valuable Snapcaster is in the format. Like I mean I know Miracles plays it, it's kind of a given, but I feel like there's probably a few other shells out there where Snapcaster is really, really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really like this this <laughs> list. Um I, I think this might be the next fun deck I sleeve up uh once uh, all the tournaments wind down a bit. There's a lot coming up lately, so I feel like I have, should stick with Sneak and Show for the time being. Yeah, exactly. Like that's what I figured. Like a lot of people are just gonna they you know, they want to play what they know and all that. Like and that's where where I come in. I come in with the crazy stuff, see if it's got any legs in like a like an environment local to us, and, mm-hmm. and figure take it a shot. Yeah, definitely. I love it. And if you have any more suggestions for John. uh Send them into the cast, right? Or, or get at you at Twitter. It's always good to have more options, but I'm excited to see what the spicy brews you have for the next, uh, the next one. Oh man, I, I'll, I'll tell you when we get off the cast, but oh my god, is it. <laughs> like, Can't I wait. want, I want to leave my house this weekend and play. That's how bad I want to play this. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, was there anything else you guys wanted to go over before we, uh, wrap this up, head into top eight? Uh, I'm good. You got anything, Adrian? Yeah, that is a good Yes, one. yes, yes, Adrian. Control Magic is a good card and limited. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, who was it? Who gave a fan of the show came up to us and handed us a Control Magic at the GP? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Dan. <laughs> oh, yeah, Dan. I think Dan was also... Did we leave Dan off the cat? Dan was also a really awesome person who uh, came and drafted and hung out with us at the house. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, man, we had such a good time up there. I can't wait for the next, like... I mean, Legacy GP for sure, but just GP in general that we can get to. Because, yeah. uh, that was a fucking blast, man. That was a blast. Hell yeah. Um, alright, so let's move into top eights. Um, Mr. Celso, do you want, would you like to go first? Oh, sure. So, <clears throat> so I'm gonna scoop myself into top eight, being the new host of the podcast. Um, <laughs> let's, let's start there. I mean, really. 
Uh, let's see. I'd like to scoop in my Hearthstone handle, Da Bears, D A B A R S, number one eight two six. Thanking me, myself, and I. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, all right, all right. We'll, we'll, we'll throw a bone here. So, so I'd like to scoop Pat and Jerry into the the top eight as well for giving me the opportunity to do a little field reporting, see how it goes. So, if, if you like it. You know, let let Pat and Jerry and I guess Adrian know uh, how awesome it was. If it was awful, um, yeah, shut up, kid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you'll just have to deal with it when I take over the cast next week. Um, let's see. Let's, I'll scoop in Adrian. I miss the guy. I mean, I know he's he's being a slumlord right now and 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 ripping potential tenants off of thousands of dollars in Massachusetts, but. <laughs> Yeah. You know. Call the state attorney general's office at eight eight eight. You can file your complaints to PO box. Uh, uh, Adrian takes pride in that house. He does. He works his ass off, man. He does. He does. Oh, I know. Like, that's I why know. he's not here. You know, I I was uh, I mean like I I was you know. Like, I definitely understood, like, all the stuff he had to do the last couple of weeks. Like, I, you know, it wasn't a big deal at all. He wasn't able to make it. It was actually probably a good thing, because I know Adrian and I like to bullshit into the wee hours in the morning, and when I got to get up and go to work anymore, I can't afford to, to, <laughs> to bullshit. So, but, uh, but next month, targeting coming up to Massachusetts. So either it might be Worcester, it might be a TE. We'll figure it out. We'll try to put the info out ahead of time. If you want to hang out, have a good time. Potentially get some Brazilian steakhouse in over on Shrewsbury Street, you know, <laughs> like all the good stuff. So sure. So yeah. So and 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 one last scoop to at least getting some getting a little bit of legacy back in into the daily routine. So nice. So it's good. To, it's good to be back a little bit. Good to have you back, man. Uh, Jerry, who do you want to scoop in, man? Uh, I'm actually going to start off with a dream crush. Nice. Ooh. <laughs> Uh, dream, dream crushing my Eldrazi opponent at the GP who goes, uh, turn one, Eye of Ugin, Eldrazi mimic, Eldrazi mimic, Eldrazi mimic. <laughs> Passes it to me. I go Island Ponder. I, I pass <laughs> back. Play. It's a strong play. Strong play. I know, right? <laughs> like he does that. I'm like, oh, I'm fucked. <laughs> so I go Island Ponder. <laughs> pass it back to him. He goes, Ancient Tomb, Simeon Spirit Guide, Reality Smasher, Swing for 20. <laughs> that's a nut, that's a nuts hand right there. Like. Yeah, I'm just like, yep, you got it. <laughs> Ian, why, why do you do him like that, man? <laughs> yeah. Why do you do that, Ian? Tell- oh yeah, let's scoop in Ian, my new co-host for the podcast. <laughs> oh man. But, uh, yep, so Dream Crush him, but, uh, yeah, that tilted me super hard. <laughs> Uh, but all right, I got the list. Uh, we got Daniel from oh, that's that's Dan. We were just talking about not so silent Bob. Got to meet him. It was awesome. Oh yeah, that's right. We got to meet Bob. I forgot about that. Yeah, he was a cool guy. Uh, Adam Wallace from Maine. He stopped by. Uh, we got uh, I I don't know if I heard the name correctly. JJ Treist. Yeah. Jason, Jason Trice, I think. Jason Trice, is that how you say it? Okay. I, I believe it was Jason, yeah. <laughs> yep, met him. He's uh, JTry82 on Twitter. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was the other thing. Weird thing is just like going up and meeting people and introducing each other by our Twitter handles. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Uh, like Zach Sells Magic, he's always cool to hang out with. Uh, you know, South Florida Magic Crew, Steve and Mike Lineman and all them, they were awesome. 
then like got to meet, meet like Lawrence ha- uh, Hammond in the flesh for the first time, so that was yep. cool. Got to meet uh, Steve uh, uh, Hendrickson. Yep, Steve Hendrickson. Uh, like Rob Curlin, Nick Angelo, Nathan Marzaka, uh, and yeah, just like all all the people. It was uh, uh, you know, I'm I'm sure there's still other people that I'm not even listing here, but just everyone that we hung out with and met, and you know, even just had a conversation with. It was awesome talking to them. For sure, for sure. Who's next? Okay, uh, so first I'm gonna scoop. I'm gonna you know <clears throat> properly scoop in our uh, Arctosian overlord, Mr. John Celso. Uh, that's a little, that's a little science, uh, 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 joke for you guys, so you guys can look that up. Uh, just gonna scoop in uh, all the guys who, uh, we got to hang out this weekend. Um, it was a good time. Scoop in the top eight. Uh, Adrian, for putting together a, a podcast for us to release on Monday, because Jerry and I really wanted to get one out on Friday before the GP. Mm-hmm. Kind of letting people know to come out and see us. Um, so we got one released on Monday as well, which is awesome. So you guys got two episodes in a single week, so don't expect that to happen very often. Um, and I think that's it for me, man. I just, uh, had a great time with the GP. Um, I, I'll, you know what, and I'll scoop in all my opponents, whether they beat me or I beat them. Um, I had just awesome opponents every single round until the last round, so. Uh, and I beat him, so I don't really give a shit. So. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck him! <laughs> um, but yeah, um, so, other than that, we have, uh, uh, another print run of Leaving Legacy t-shirts coming through, right, Jerry? Yep, uh, I got a limited batch, so if you saw them, we're going to have a larger one. I just wanted to get some done for the uh, Dual Lands tournament this Saturday because a bunch of people going to that expressed interest. So did a real limited one, but we're going to have another major one, uh, see if we can get the price point down because right now they're about $20 a shirt. Uh, so see if we can get a larger batch from somewhere with some you know decent quality because... Uh, yep. Don't want to do the whole Teespring stuff because I hear their uh, their stuff is not the best. Yeah, and like it's just it's it's hard because it, you have to like pressure people to buy them. Like this way, we can just like kind of bankroll it ourselves, have them in stock, and we'll sell them when we sell them. Right. Um. So we'll yeah, do we're you know, legacy players. We can afford it. Absolutely. Yeah. And and you know we're gonna we're working on some stuff in the behind the scenes as far as uh more uh content, more ways to interact with the uh, podcast and just legacy format in general so keep an eye out for that as well um john uh if people want to talk to you about uh bug thing in the ice or they want to uh take shots at what you're playing next time uh where can they find you yeah well uh yeah well starting next week they can find me on this podcast (laughs) the new host viva la uh, revolution (laughs) yeah yeah, I'm like Bernie. I will win this revolution, okay? <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Bears, <clears throat> Facebook, slash Bears. I'm usually hanging on, hanging around on the Facebook group, trolling Pat or, and Jerry, <laughs> mostly Jerry. Um, and that's, that's the easiest ways to find me, or through all those avenues. Nice. What about you, Jerry? Where can they get a hold of you, man? Uh, I'm around. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Every week you do this, I have to cut it out and make you redo it because you fuck it up. Uh, all right, give it to me again. Jerry, oh where can they find... You're around like like Danny DeVito and it's always sunny. Like, <laughs> wait for you to talk about the troll toll. That's like the next thing I'm waiting for. Gotta pay the troll toll <laughs> to get to the boys' hole. <laughs> Gotta pay the troll toll. 
Um, so Jerry, where can people find you? Where can they uh, read your articles and uh, just generally uh, ride your ass about stuff? Yeah, yeah, just <laughs> <laughs> harass me like everyone else does. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. J M E E three R D is my Twitter handle. Uh, I will warn you. I do get I do get very uh, devil's advocatey on on social media. So don't take anything I say too personally in text. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, and then I write for Wizard, uh, Hipsters of the Coast. <laughs> <laughs> or Wizards of the Coast. With I, technically, technically. Mr. Daily Update. A Freudian slip, huh? Sorry. <laughs> he's, he's got such a big head. Uh, this is actually Jerry's last podcast because he's leaving us to go work for Wizards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> got it. Um, alright, and you can find me at Pat Eugle on Twitter. You can email the show, leavingalegacymtg at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. Search, just search for Leaving a Legacy. You can find us on iTunes. Search for Leaving a Legacy as well. Leave us a review and some stars. Uh, it's a good way for us to get some more visibility on that um, stuff and Apple podcast stuff. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's it. You can find Adrian at Mathematrixter. Leave out the R because they don't use R's in Worcester. Um, and other than that, that's it, man. Sweet. Let's wrap it up. Oh, before we wrap it up. We got some requests at the GP, Pat. We oh god damn it, we did. <laughs> so <laughs> several several people came up to us over the course of the turn and was like, "Yo, why don't you guys do the dice rolling for the songs anymore?" Oh, I really god. like that. Thank you. The people have spoken, and we know what they want. <laughs> so are you ready, to Pat? I have a twenty-sided die right here. Right. So from nineteen ninety-three, we're going up. 20 years. Yep. Let's go. Here we go. We got a 15. So, uh, 2008. Is that right? Ooh, okay. Uh, Wait, hold on. Do we have to do the math here? Hold on. No, that sounds about right. 1993 plus 15. Woo! Yeah, 2008. <clears throat> uh, my freshman year of college. Nice. Fond memories of, the, of the, the pop music of the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Billboard Year End Hot 100. Is that what we're going uh, which for? Which one is the top? The top 100. Yeah. All right, let's get let's get a good song. Let's not get Lollipop, please. <laughs> what, what is Lollipop? You know the stupid Lil Wayne song, "Lick Me Like a Lollipop." It's it's very uh, oh man, very yep. clever. <laughs> it's, it's actually a song about getting head, but you wouldn't know it, dude. I thought it was about a candy shop. Yes. No. Are you that's telling me song, Candy Shop? Is, that's the song Candy Shop. No, you tell me Candy Shop's not about a physical candy shop. It's actually not, Jerry. Uh, my childhood was a lie. Jerry, you, you, listen, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to roll a magic number to get through this fucking shithole of songs. Oh god. <laughs> Jerry, did you get into Tony's van when you were a kid? <laughs> like this is a this is a oh this is like a field of landmines here. We're gonna walk through. <laughs> All right. Yo. All right. Yo. Come on. Come on. Fourteen. Just picture, just picture young freshman Jerry just going to his first, his first party house and just bumping some mad tunes. Here we go. Yep. Fourteen. Fourteen. We got fifteen again. Whatever, whatever you like by Ti. That's that. It could be worse, I suppose. <laughs> oh man, we missed "I Kissed a Girl." Oh, oh so man, <laughs> we missed "Pocket Full of Sunshine" by Natasha Benningfield. Uh, <laughs> man, this was "Viva La Vida" by Coldplay. Oh god, <laughs> it's just it's like With so bad. Chris Brown. <laughs> Who? No air by Jordan Sparks. What the hell is that? Don't worry about it. Oh man. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it doesn't get much better as we go down. 
No, I told you, this is awful. Oh, wait, no, 36, Hot and Cold by Katy Perry. That shit is legit. I mean, it was it was in 2008. <laughs> uh, this was a terrible year for music. Yeah, this is really bad. I can't believe we actually made it into 2009. Uh, the world uh, did implode. Yeah, or just like everyone just like murder themselves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All, All right. right, so guys and guys and girls, enjoy whatever you like by T.I. because, you know, because it's legacy, we love all the hits all the way back to 1993. Oh, I remember this song. This song was good. This was it's, good I, I said it's fine. It's fine. You know, we should come up with a catchphrase because, you know, we're the only format that stretches all the way back to 1993. Playing the hits from today and yesterday. <laughs> Are we starting a, um, Wait, a radio station, on. Pat? <laughs> Mathematically, you can't get to 1993 with a D20, can you? Or unless you're, well, are you assuming 20 is zero? No, uh, we're counting I mean, up from 1993. Right. Okay, so 1994 onward. <laughs> Playing the hits from 1993 forward, or as long as a D20 will be. <laughs>
with this big boy in your life Girl, you smell so fresh and look so nice Let me put this big boy in your life That's right, I want your body Need your body Long as you got me, you won't need nobody You want it, I got it, go get it, I buy it Tell the mother broke joker, be quiet